Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna Mink, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. We're going to continue our series today on how we got here. And today we're going to talk with Peggy McKenzie from Cornerstone, Delaware. Welcome, Peggy. Well, it's great to be here, Martha. We're glad to get to interview you. Okay, we're going to go over some of our questions. Um, The first one is, um, what year did you get saved? And what brought you to that decision of getting saved, of needing the Lord? Amen. Amen. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to be on here this morning this afternoon with the broadcast, and I want to thank the Lord for it. Amen. It was 1975 when I actually turned my life around to serve Jesus Christ. It's like, you know, Jesus was never lost. He found me, and and I, and I was sure glad about it. Amen. We were up in Bangor, Maine, me and Gloria McGavin, and just as the Spirit was moving at that time, we started out of the blue, talking about Jesus Christ and how encouraged and and excited we were about him. And it just, it was just a spiritual movement. I can't even explain it. We heard in other states, uh, my cousin Annie Townsley got saved, Margie Stewart got saved. And as God would have it, he led my Aunt Effie, Pam Parker's mom. We were all moving at the time, not them, they were settled in Delaware, but we were on the road, and God sent them up to us, and my Aunt Effie mentored us. She told us to pray. She told us to read our Bible, and she took us to church, even though I think we were at the time saved. We made our public announcement of our faith. We went down to the altar in Bob Gass's church in Bangor, Maine, and it was it's never been a dull moment. It's the greatest thing. Amen. I ever did, and how, and the Lord, like I said, sent people to help us and mentor us and teach us. That was good. That was Amen. good. The Lord and it's sent really them, good right? that it's family, you yes. know, supporting you and helping yes. you, Peggy. Yes, beautiful testimony. Yes. That was that was that was a beautiful testimony. Um, do you remember the first person you witnessed to or brought to the Lord? I remember after we got saved up there in Bangor, Maine. The first thing we wanted to do is the the women in our, you know, area, my husband's family and everybody was up there. Uh My uncle, uh, Ike and Aunt Margaret, we we just ran to them to tell them about Jesus Christ. But three years later in 1978, this uh, conversion sticks out in my mind because I made it my life's goal to lead my husband to the Lord. And in 1978, after a church service, and they never had an altar call in the wee church. We went out to the parking lot and sat in the parking lot, and he said, I think I need to get saved. Amen. And I had the privilege and the honor of leading my husband to the Lord then, wow. there and then. Wonderful. And, and before we got back, we was in a little travel trailer. Before we got back to the park in Petersburg, Virginia, God had spoke to him and told him he was going to preach the gospel and that he was going to sing for jesus 
So it's it's been a wonderful ride ever since then. So has. basically, the Lord spoke to him like uh, he didn't yes, like he, he had yeah. You know, some people get called out in church or they, but he had the spirit of the Lord come upon his heart and show him what he was going to do in the future. The spirit fell so strong in the little church, a little Methodist church. And he was talking, Billy always shares the story about biscuits and the Holy Ghost fell on him and he put his arm around me. Well, I thought this is odd sitting in church. We're not no public displays of, you know, <laughs> of affection. We yeah. don't believe in PTA. <laughs> he put his arm around me. He said, and I had went the day before to full gospel businessmen, me, me and Gloria, and prayed for our husbands on Saturday night. And this Sunday morning, Billy got saved, you know, and, and the spirit of God, he said, he felt the spirit of God blowing like a mighty Russian wind through the church. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even know that the spirit of God blowed like a mighty rushing wind because we were, I knew it, but he had never read the Bible much other than the just casual. You know what I mean? He wasn't safe. Well, the word of God manifested itself that day, didn't it? Yes. Yes. It, It doesn't matter what we know or think. God moves miraculously in people's lives and he did in ours wonderful wonderful testimony wonderful um explain in your own words if you can what kind of move of god what the move of god was like in the 70s in your words well in 19 in the 60s to begin with people were in rebellion drugs it was a, a terrible, you know, they talk about we are in perilous times now, but in uh-huh. the 60s, it was very perilous, too. And that movie, The Jesus Revolution, is what started to happen, mm-hmm. the Jesus yes. movement. Yes. Those people that were lost and undone, young, it, it started with the young people. Yes. Revolution always starts with young people. And God started moving out in California. And that movement of the Holy Spirit, nothing to do with man, just swept, like I said, me and Gloria, out of nowhere, had never discussed Jesus Christ before, just started talking. And that was, we got saved in 75, but I would imagine it was probably a couple years before that, right? that the Jesus movement happened out in California. But thank God, the Spirit didn't just stay there. He he filtered all over the United States. Yes. And then what we call the charismatic renewal hit the denomination. Yes. And when we would we would go to prayer meetings, me and Billy out in Fort Lee, uh, an army base. And every little church had sent out a group to sing and pray all these praise songs and beautiful music and I mean, God was just in renewing his people and touching, touching us in such a way and touching everybody. Everybody, yes. And that's yes. what we need today. We need another move of that yes. Holy Spirit to, to touch the, the young people because the young people have the strength yes. to get out there yep. and really, you know, preach the gospel. And fresh and that's visions it was they like, have too. Yes, yes, they do. It's, it's and, a, it's, and as you know, we just had 40 members of our church graduate that. from Bible college. So we have a lot of young people raring yes. to go. 
Yes, God. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It, it, yeah, the seventies was. It was like all across the whole country, everywhere. Yes, you didn't experience. It's different. hard to explain what yes. went on. Yes, yeah. it is different. unexplainable. Well, how can you explain? You know, the yeah. Bible says the wind blows where it wants, and we don't know. You know, in other words, where the wind is blowing, it's just blowing, and we feel it. We felt the move of the Holy Ghost, and we just didn't fully understand what was going on, but we we knew it was a wonderful thing. Everybody that we talked to from that generation that got saved will will tell you, you know, they'll never, ever be able to explain. They'll never be the same again. No, that was never go back right. to the way we were living. Right, right. Um, when did you feel called to ministry, Peggy? When do you, you know, when? We, uh, I felt called for a, quite a few numbers of years. I remember being down in Florida mm-hmm. and, um. Dolly Forrest was single. So she got to go to the church and put stamps on letters. Now that don't sound like much, but I just wanted to do something for the Lord. Mm -hmm. But I had to wait because I was a married woman. And I had to wait to get the okay and the release from my husband because he, as a woman minister, he's my covering. Right. Jesus is his covering, and I'm under Jesus Absolutely, and him. Yes. So, therefore, I had to wait on the calling of God. And then after he got saved in 78, we settled down into a little church in Petersburg, Virginia, where we were able to be taught for 10 years and to serve. And I served in any capacity that I could. I worked in the school, and I was sitting one day keeping nursery in the church. And God spoke to me. He said, you're going to preach. And within five minutes, the door of the nursery. Now I'm sitting on the floor in the nursery. The door of the nursery opened and the high school principal come in. And Mm -hmm. she said, could you do next week's chapel service? (laughs) Talk about instant. (laughs) I I said, yes. That's a good point, too, um, Peggy. And I never preached a sermon. (laughs) Well, there you go, though. But he told you. I never preached. Yes, he told me. uh, That's a thing, too. Um, You said that you served and served. That's that's something I don't know. People just want to jump right in nowadays. And there's a process. Yes, you served. You sat under. You were taught. And then God put you where he wanted you. Yes, Um, that was that was a wonderful. It was uh, a blessing to be yes. able to sit and be taught. We were, we, you know, we yes. had all different types, six months teachings, nine months counseling classes, you know, and all these things. As I look back, I realized that God was preparing us. Yes, submitting to the little local authority. You know, if if you expect to be in the ministry and be able to lead people, you have to learn how to submit. In order to lead, absolutely. If you can't submit to authority, how can you expect anybody to submit when you are in the position of pastor or teacher or whatever? Absolutely, faithful in the little, I'll make you ruler over the many. We have to be faithful in the little. Yes, um, I'm just looking at question five and question five. You kind of answered in there with question four when you were called to ministry. (laughs) How did you start? You know, what doors God opened for you? And, uh, so we covered that. We, yeah, we covered that. It's a, it's just, it's, it's been an incredible, uh, uh, your testimony is wonderful. I love it. I love it. We're going to switch, um, we're going to switch to family here. We're going to 
change it up a little bit. How difficult was it for you raising a family in ministry, and how important was it when you felt called to ministry was your husband's support for you? Well, to start with my children first, they always was aware that their mom and dad was in the ministry. So they were cooperative. I thank God for that. Because I remember the first time we went to Florida, and my children had been used to sitting in a small town in Virginia. So there was no balls or parties or activities much going on. There wasn't a whole lot that they had to say no to. Right. So I had to dress them up and send them out the the door the one night to some ball or party for the young people. And I could, they, I could trust them and they, they represented Jesus Christ, even though at the time they were young and that's probably not what they felt like doing, but they respected their mother and father enough to know that we had what we have paid the price and given our life to serve Jesus Christ. They knew we, the children know if you're putting God before everything else. That's right. And they knew the price, they knew the things we had been through in our ministry, in our life. Right. And they respected it and they behaved themselves. But once we went on the road, I would advise people that have teenagers to keep them close, close at hand. Unless you're going overseas and it would be difficult and almost impossible to take them with you. Although we used to take Pam Parker used to take Hazel quite a bit, mm-hmm. and she but she was ministry at the time herself. Even as a teenager, she would sing, lead worship. You know, she was right, a, right. a, a she mighty was woman of God yes. even as a child. You yes. know, but uh, just to keep your teenagers close to you and and don't go too far off. Right, would right. be my advice to anybody with teenagers and starting in the ministry. Keep them close to you. Your children was also my, honoring their mother and father, which is a commandment. And that was good. Yep, I, I, I was very, I always was thankful. And then they growed in to their own relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, yes. the respect for their mom and dad come first. And then they, you know, eventually came into their own relationship and, Little Bill, as you know, was our youth pastor for years here in Delaware. Yes. My Mary's preached. Gloria is uh, a very good mother and wife, but she's not been called into the... She used to, as a child, believe it or not, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit at Mm -hmm. five years old. She would give words of knowledge to uh, my cousin, Jimmy Force, adult then, and he he would listen to her. Thank you, Gloria. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. So if you raise them, if you train them up in the way that they should go, but that word train means just exactly what it says. Yes. It's like, you know, boot camp. Trained by example too, work. huh? Trained by example. Yes. Your kid's seen it and you a, and your it's, husband. Your it's a kids, lot of work. It, yes. And then as far as my husband goes, I've, I have my whole life, since even before I was saved, I tried to be uh, a wife that would submit. I, I never was the type of woman that ever wanted to lead the ship. Right. I was happy that I wasn't the boss. Yes. I seen the boss's job and I didn't want it. It's not an easy job. You know job. what I mean? No. So I would submit to Billy and he always backed me in the ministry. He always was happy 
when I would minister or preach. He's always excited. If he ever gets invited anywhere, if I get invited to do the ladies' meeting, it makes him happy. He's blessed by it. That's good. And that's a great reward. Yes, amen. That down. That he was you happy know. for you. That is. That's a wonderful reward. Yes. Um, what's the next question? What What would be your vision for our people, and what advice would you give to anyone who wants to serve the Lord or be in ministry? Well, it's the greatest thing you could ever do. Yes. There's no life like serving Jesus Christ. And even though when we were, I was 22, when I began to really press into God and serve him, and we spent most of our youth serving Jesus Christ. Yes. And, but I'm an, you know, I'm an old person now. I'm 70 years old. And as I see the day approaching that whether the rapture of the church or God calls me home, I realize more and more every day what a great decision I made to dedicate my life to serving him. Yes. Sometimes when you're younger, well, maybe you might want to do this or do that or go into business here or go into business there, and, and you're pulled by, you know, no, we can't go there. We have to go here. This is where God's sending us. Right. And it's a sacrifice, but it it's, it's a sacrifice that no matter what you get from this world, you can't take it with you. There's only two things you can take with you to heaven, your relationship to Jesus Christ and your family. That's right. That That's you've right. done your job. And I would say that give it all. Give it all to Jesus. Don't hold back. Amen. Don't give him 90%. If you give him 100%, he'll give you 150 You can't outgive God. That's true. And we just want to see we're working here in Delaware at Cornerstone Church to train up the young people with the strength that we have and the time we have left to train them up to take because we're one generation away from extinction. Right. The body of Christ has to pass the baton on to the next generation. And that's true with every situation. Yes. yes. And personally for myself, what I want to do, I'm more determined today to do more for Jesus than I was even five years ago. As I see the day approaching, I want to just, at every opportunity, me and Billy's traveling more now than we did a few years ago, Mm -hmm. because I really feel if God calls me to go there, then I want to go. Absolutely. And we've been with you on a few of your journeys, Peggy, when you go on revivals and stuff, huh? <laughs> well, from the very beginning, Anime, you have been the greatest supporters of our ministry. There were times when we were on the field that we had no, we've never been musicians, me or Billy. But Anime and Charlie always backed us up. They were the greatest supporters, one of our greatest supporters spiritually and physically with the beautiful music. And I, I don't know what we would have done many a day, many a day without you. Well, that's a, uh, that wasn't why I asked the question. <laughs> that blesses me. But it's that the you truth. Say no, that. I thought of it earlier, how blessed we were to have you and what a gift you are to the body of Christ. That you allowed us to tag along and mentored us, Peggy. And before it was such Martha, a blessing to have you goes to our next question for you. There was something popped in my head when we were talking about uh, getting saved and revivals and that era and that time and traveling around. 
we still have people that leave in the summer and go away and stuff. And how important do you think it is if somebody leaves for the summer and there isn't a local church that they go to all the time where they live uh, that they should get go find a, like a good assembly of God and get in a church where they're gone for the summer? Yeah. When we first got saved up there in 1975 in Bangor, Maine, Anna, she told us, to go to church. Now I looked at her, who was a successful Christian. And at the time, you got to understand, we had no traveler churches. Right. So you had no choice. There was no traveler church. That's right. You went to church wherever you was at. Mm-hmm. We would work at it till we found the church that really, you know, you could get ministered to. And we always would she would say, go to an assembly of God, mm-hmm. because our doctrines and our beliefs is, is right in line with the assembly of God. That's right. And even back then, that's, that's the direction that God was sending our ministry in our life. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you don't read your Bible and pray and go to church, you're not going to make it. No, You have to go to church. Absolutely. It's not a choice. It's a have to. Absolutely. And it's a commandment. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself. That's not a choice. You can't grow unless you go to church, truthfully. I never go. You could. have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love to go to church, so. We always used to go to Assembly of Gods, mm-hmm. too, because I would look for places that had uh, good kids' programs, and the Assembly of Gods had them. Yes. And I was like, if the kids' program's good, the church is good. <laughs> you know, that's what I would look <laughs> for. But um, anyhow, um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Peggy? No, i just thinking about the blessing that uh, the ladies have been, you ladies have been to the body of Christ and the work you are doing out there in Arizona and the time you are putting in on this podcast to get the word out to our people. This is the whole point, is to reach our people for Jesus Christ. We know we're reaching, our logo is reaching the world for Jesus Christ. But we know that our calling is reaching our people. So we put our time and our effort where everyone's welcome, come as you are. But we're called to our people, the traveler people. Yes, yes, I agree. Anything you'd like to say, Anime? Anything you'd like to add? That goes with it. The scripture the Lord gave me the other day when I was thinking about this was 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in the fact that you're doing. So we need to just get together as a body and continue building and lifting one another up in Jesus' name. Unity in the body. Amen. Unity in the body, yes. And I would like to add that all the work for this podcast is on Anna Mae because oh, really? I don't know how to do any of it. <laughs> it's all on her, believe me. Um, peas and carrots, Martha. We're peas and carrots. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, um, anything else you'd like to uh, add, Peggy, before we close? I feel like, you know, that was uh, just the encouragement of speaking yes. to you ladies today, wonderful women of God. So blessed by you and just pray that this ministry, the people will read, you know, listen to it and get a blessing out of it. Yes. We are, you know, just love the Lord. And, and we, we appreciate you too. We appreciate Cornerstone, Delaware. Yes. We really do. And, uh, and I'd just like to say that you are a beautiful 70 year old. You look beautiful. <laughs> and, um, 
We appreciate your interview today, yes. Peggy. It was wonderful. It was a blessing. And it's been quite a journey. And uh, we could have talked all day about it. But anyhow, we're going to close. Anime has um, a word here. She's going to, and Just we're going to close thought. with that, I thought. She's- listening about your experience in that time, if if somebody's listening and they've, they've never had that experience or don't even understand what you're talking about, where there was a conversion, a change, a change in your husband, a change in you, you know, this would be a good time to give. That means you need to give your heart to Jesus as Savior. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes. You must believe. It ain't just head knowledge in our heart. Unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We have to humble ourselves and cry out to God. And this gift is available to anybody who will repent of their sins and ask Jesus in their heart. For Romans ten thirteen says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And with that, Peggy, would you like to give an example of a prayer that somebody could pray when they went home tonight or during this show, just asking Jesus in their heart if they've decided to make that well, decision? You want me to pray? Yes. Father God, we just ask Lord Jesus tonight. God, anyone under the sound of our voice, Father God, if they feel the Spirit of God tugging on their heart, my God, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ tonight, that they could find what we found, amen. I call it my birthday, the day of our birth, born again, washed in the water of his word. My God, that they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You just ask him into your heart to forgive you of your sins, that we know that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and sitting on the right hand yes. of the Father, making yes. intercession for me and you. Yes. He'll be there for you. He'll He'll be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've had times when I've been through cancer, strokes, every type of sickness. My husband had an incurable heart disease. God healed him. God is faithful. Amen. He is the one that will always be with you. When your mother and your father forsake you, and they don't mean to, but we're human. How many knows we're just human? It says the Lord will lift you up. God bless you tonight, and I pray that as you listen to this podcast and you maybe prayed that prayer of faith, that you will have that experience, that born again, washed in the water of his word, experience in your life, and the peace the past is all understanding. God bless you. Thank you, Peggy. We love you. you. Love you too. God bless. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may you grow in his word and spirit. God bless.